Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Proverbs chapter 3. I want to read these verses here once again that we shared with you last week. Uh, common commonly read and very well-known verses. Sometimes they're the most helpful when you put them into practice. Uh, we, I hear music. <laughs> we began a series now a few weeks ago uh, called The Deciding Factor. And uh, I've discovered I have to make a lot of decisions in life. And and if I have the wisdom and the know-how of God, things go much better. Is that true for you? Yeah, it is. If we're relying upon our own smarts and our own experience and our own education and our own wisdom, we're just going to miss it a lot. We're going to make a lot of wrong decisions, have a lot of regrets at the end of it. But if we learn how to tap into the wisdom of God, if we learn how to hear from heaven, if we'll know His ways then when we make decisions, uh, we can make the right ones. Thank God. I mean, there's grace if you miss it. There's forgiveness. Thank God for that. But, uh, but I'd just rather get it right, wouldn't you? I mean, I know there's auto body shops, but I'd rather not use them. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I know there's some fix-its, but if we can avoid going there, that'd be, uh, that'd, that'd be beneficial. Just uh, not get in the wreck the first time. Um, but I know this, this is one of the most important subjects we could discuss, okay, one of the very most important. If you, I mean, if someone said, well, my problem really isn't with uh, decisions and, and hearing from God, and uh, my problem is financial. Well, what if you could hear from God regarding your finances? <laughs> so, well, my problem is more, I got health issues, I got problems in my body. Yeah, but what if you could hear God's voice concerning that? Would that be helpful? Would that be beneficial? I tell you, you need to. The Word needs to be alive in you so you know, even if you're reading Scriptures, if we've got to get beyond words on a page to this is the voice of God speaking to me, and I recognize it, I know it, He's making it alive to me. That's when it, that's when it works. So, well, my problem is with my kids. Do you think the Lord knows anything about kids? I'm telling you, He does. And, and you know that. And if I could hear his voice in relationship to family decisions, um, that would be so much better. Say, well, I'm building a rocket. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Think the Lord knows anything about rockets? Yeah. So I'm working on microchips. That's, that's kids play to him. I mean, when you know everything, <laughs> uh, so it would do us all well, wouldn't it? to be able to hear from God, to be able to know what He's telling us to do and, and how He's leading us. Proverbs chapter 3, once again, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Lean not on your own understanding. Well, why, why is that? Well, because your own understanding is, is very limited. So if you lean on it, you're probably going to fall. It's, it's not going to hold you up for very long because it's so limited. So trust the Lord. With all your heart. Don't trust the Lord with all your head. Don't trust the Lord with everything you've, you've pumped into your brain. No. Uh, trust the Lord with all your heart. Verse 6, 
and in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So if I want my paths directed, I need to acknowledge him in all my ways. If I'm only acknowledging the Lord in some areas of life, uh, then I'm cutting him off from other areas. If I'm only listening to the Lord when, you know, maybe it's a real heavy-duty, serious decision time and it could cost me a lot if I get it wrong, then I acknowledge the Lord? Well, what about just in all of our ways? Acknowledge Him when you get up and when you drive and when you go to work and when you do the things you do. Thank you, Lord. You're in my life today. Your grace is sufficient. Acknowledge Him in, in looking for a parking spot. Huh? Acknowledge Him when it comes to uh, paying bills. Thank you, Lord. You're the source and strength of my life. You are, you are my provision. I acknowledge you in all my ways. And see, what we want to do is open ourselves up to the full manifestation of God's blessing and provision in all areas of life, not just, hey, I'm going to church, so I'm going to start acknowledging God now. I'm acknowledging him when I worship him or when I read the scripture. Uh, that's a good start. But he wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives, not just in our worship services. Huh? Every part. So that would be up to us. Say, well, if he wants to do something, wants to tell me something, certainly he'll do it. <laughs> well, sometimes we're not listening. Sometimes we're not paying attention and we're not giving him access as for a lack of acknowledgement of him in life. Now, acknowledging the Lord basically opens our hearts to be directed by Him. We want to live conscious of His leading at all times. Don't just check your head. God's not a brain. God is spirit. And, uh, and of course, we know this as well, that we are spirit, right? You are, I am a spirit being. I have a soul, I live in a body, but I'm a spirit being. And so that is how God communicates with us spirit to spirit. And if I have no spirit consciousness, no spirit awareness, if I'm not aware of spiritual things, then I'm just on the wrong channel. I need to tune in. I need to get on the same frequency that he is. It's a spiritual channel. huh? But if all the information I get comes from what my body's telling me, comes from what my mind is telling me, you know, based on my education or life experience, then I'm missing out on spiritual uh, information. Okay, God is spirit. That's one of the things we endeavor to do when we worship. I mean, we're glorifying him, but it's helping us to be spiritually attuned. Attuned. Attuned, is that a word? In tune. Spiritually in tune. I mean, in his frequency. I'm, I'm, I'm connected to spiritual things, not just mental. Amen. And honestly, you know, even when we, when we uh, have music and a good sound and, 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 and all that. We want to do excellence for the Lord at all times. And, and, and it can be a help and it can be a hindrance sometimes if it's not good. But how many know we want to get beyond the place where we're just listening to the beat? Just hearing the riff, just hearing a voice, just hearing a harmony. And we're just analyzing as if we would a concert. That's a concert. Wasn't that sound beautiful? Well, thank God for, sound be for sounding beautiful, but I'm a spirit being. Okay, ultimately is designed to get me to a place where I'm outside of my mind. I'm outside of, of just natural things, and I'm, I'm in tune to the Spirit of God and starting to hear from Him. I don't know about you, but I pray this way. I pray this way before I minister. I pray this way at other times. 
what way? I pray until I hear. I pray until, I'm a, until I have a, a genuine consciousness of God's Spirit moving and speaking to me. And when I start getting things right in here in my spirit, I'm ready to minister. I'm ready to go out and do, because I don't want to just minister to you from my head. Okay? Now, I be, we believe in the renewing of the mind. We need to think right. But I, I, there's, there's so much more we can access if we'll live spiritual lives. Okay? We are not just like a, you know, this is not like a math class. Thank God for the math class, I guess. You know, this is, this is spiritual in nature. And so we need to learn how to be uh, spiritual people. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, 14 reads this way. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are, what? Spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. We want to get to a place of spiritual discernment. Uh, what voice are you listening to? Sometimes, well, I'm just listening to the voice of reason. Well, uh, you might want to get beyond that. You might want to move a little bit deeper. What? To where you, you, can, you can spiritually discern things, and you'll know what is spiritually right and what is spiritually wrong. Uh, how can you distinguish between the voice that you know and the voice that is strange? You remember Jesus, we taught this last week, Jesus in John chapter 10 said that the sheep know the, sh the shepherd's voice. He being our good shepherd, if you're saved, you know his voice, but you've got to de decide in life what to follow, that voice, the voice that you know, or the voice that is strange, okay? And, and, and sometimes we, we're making mistakes by following the voice that, we, that is strange. It's the voice that we don't know. How are you making decisions in your life? What voice are you following? Uh, what has been the deciding factor up until now? Is it a guessing game? Is it a flipping of coins? Is it, uh, you know, throwing darts? What's, what's the approach? Or, or are we learning to be spiritually minded and to be spiritually discerning to where we know, no, this is the wrong direction or this is the right direction. I know that from the Spirit of God. Amen. Now, if you would, find with me another place. That's uh, the book of John, chapter 3. So, New Testament, right side of the book, John, the book of John, the third chapter. And let's get a little bit, little bit more out of this. Uh, and I would ask you, before we read, do you make decisions in life based upon what others want you to do? Can others place a demand on you, a demand on your time, demand on your schedule, and you are quick to follow, quick to jump at that? Well, so-and-so needs me, and so you drop everything and rush to help so-and-so, help that person in, in, in your life. Uh, if you haven't learned this, people will pressure you. People will sometimes manipulate you, they'll pull on you, they'll pull on your time, they'll pull on you mentally, they'll, they'll put a demand on you, sometimes even intimidate you and try to get you to do what they want you to do. And if we live our lives based upon what everyone wants us to do, 
this person needs me, and so I jump. This person has a question, and so I'm answering. And this person wants me to go here, so I'm going to be quick to do that. Who are you being led by? Would that be in... Would that be synonymous with being led by the Spirit? No, that would be being led by people. And it, you might extrapolate further and you might be led by the needs of people. But how many know being need-led and being Spirit-led are not the same? There's a lot of needs. <laughs> There's a lot of people with needs. There are a lot of problems in life. And in this world, and if, if that is what we are making our decisions upon, on, every need there is, every problem that comes up, every person that says, I need you, come here now, answer me, fix this for me, help me. Well, that's just not being spirit-led. What ha- what's happening when we do so, remember how this works, is if I am just following every voice around, I am very much limiting the ability of God to provide, to fix, to help in various circumstances. Okay, I I am many times getting in the way when I'm following the demands of people. All right. But many would say, they, they would think that's the same thing. Well, we just, when people ask, we need to help. No, sometimes we don't. Well, let's just go a little bit further. Uh, Let's read over here in John chapter 3. Notice with me in verse 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he's a a big shot. He's a ruler, right? Verse 2, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi... We know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, now get a picture. Of course, as a general rule, the Pharisees were not exactly pro-Jesus, right? They were opposed to him, and uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with, uh, they, were, they didn't like some of the things he said, and so they were always in opposition, and so they're getting together very frequently trying to, you know, determine how they can trap him, how they, how they can diminish him and stop his, his uh, ministry from going forward. Uh, and Nicodemus may, may have been genuine here, or maybe he was, you know, sent by the rest of the crew. Hey, let's go get some answers from Jesus. Let's see what we can use against him. Or maybe he's sincerely looking to talk about some things. But what does he want to talk about? He, he, he's saying, you're a teacher. He's saying, he's talking about miracles. He's talking about all these great things that are happening through the Lord. So he wants to talk about that kind of stuff. He wants to talk about the miracles. He wants to talk about the ministry of Jesus. He wants to talk about, uh, he, he's got a plan. He's got an agenda. He's got questions he wants to talk to him about. And, and it's very interesting to me how Jesus responds to him. I think in a general, general as a general rule, Jesus wouldn't be opposed to talking about miracles and healings and all these great things that were happening through his life and through his ministry. But notice Jesus' response. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Does that look like it's not a direct answer to Nicodemus' question? (laughs) Do you know why it looks that way? Because it's not. 
Because Jesus isn't led by Nicodemus. Jesus isn't moved by his question. Sometimes people ask the wrong question. Sometimes people want to discuss the wrong thing. But Jesus, we know from his own testimony and life that he did everything led by what, what his father would give him. He said, I don't do anything except what he gives me, what he shows me, what he tells me. He said, that I speak. So he wasn't, his life was not just about being pulled by the demands of everyone around him. Okay? And you would see at different times when people would come and pull on him, he'd say, nah. I mean, he'd almost, he'd ignore people at times. Even that, even that time when the disciples were flailing in the boat and you know, in the storm and water's coming in the boat and Jesus came walking on the water. The Bible said he would have walked right past them. <laughs> he would have walked right past them except they're crying out to him. <laughs> right, that's interesting. Uh, but in this situation again, Nicodemus wanted to talk about one thing, but it was the wrong topic. It was the wrong, wrong subject. And so Jesus went a different direction. Started talking to him about being, about being born again, not talking to him about the miracles. He said, you need to be born again. That's the subject. That's the most important thing. Amen. It's one of the benefits of being in church today. Why? Well, there's, there's a time and a place for Q&A, but this is not it. And you come here, you don't know what's going to be said. You're totally setting yourself up. It's dangerous, right? But what, what, what are we doing? We're coming by faith, and we're setting ourselves up to hear maybe something we didn't even know we needed to hear. Maybe something, uh, we're at, we have one question, but we should ask another question. I, I know this in, 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 as I prepare for times like these. There's times I'm preparing and I'm thinking a certain way and I'm studying scriptures. And as I go that way, right on the inside, it's like, uh, uh, don't go there. Don't teach that. Why? It's Bible. But it doesn't mean it needs to be said right here, right now. It doesn't mean this group of people need to hear that message. They need to hear a different message. I'm confident in the Spirit's leading continually that when we gather, we'll hear things that are right for today and for right now. So what if I don't even think I need that right now? You might be wrong. You might want to talk miracles, and we might need to talk born again. Yeah. And, 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 and so coming in a situation like this, when, when you don't prepare your own meal, uh, you, you, can, you can get answers. You can get direction. And I've had this sitting across from people where they're asking me a question. And, and as I sit there trying to, you know, come up with a good answer, here's what comes up in my heart. You're asking the wrong question. We're not going to answer that question. That's not, that's not what you need today. You need to ask a different question. Maybe you've had times when you're seeking the Lord and say, Lord, show me this, help me in this, give me this answer, and you're not getting anything. Just nothing, nothing, nothing. Here's a thought. Ask a different question. Maybe you're off topic. Maybe you're going a little bit the wrong direction. Doesn't mean it's an evil question or your intent was wrong, but it might be that the Lord wants to bring up a different subject. Amen. How many know if you talk to someone of great importance... You, you got a meeting with someone who was high and their time was very valuable. You might want to consider what they want to talk about instead of just what everything you want to talk about. That would most certainly be true with, with the Lord. Uh, but do you do everything people want you to do? Every moment you spend following the demands of individuals, uh, the demands that they place on you is a moment you cannot do what the Spirit is leading you to do. We're always trading off. If I'm following the demands and the, 
the voice of people, I am setting aside the voice of the God, the, the voice of God. I, I am, I am using my time for one and that time can never be replaced. It's just gone. And so if that is the conduct of how I, li- I live, the, the, the standard by which I live, um, I'm going to miss out on a lot of things. I'm going to run out of time. I'm not going to have time to do what everyone wants me to do and what the Lord wants me to do. Does that make sense? Uh, you know, w- w- when your kids call, do you drop all? Well, my kids called. You know, maybe your grown kids and, you know, every time they call, everything drops. Well, who are you being led by? You're being led by them. Well, this is different, huh? If I'm being led by the demands and the needs and the the attention and the pressure of people, who's leading them? Well, I don't know that per se. I mean, if that's just the state, but if, who's leading them? And if, 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 this, if the wrong spirit, for example, is leading someone else, and then I jump every time they call my name, then I'm being led by that spirit too. That, again, is different from being led by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, you remember this, that following the Spirit of God gives gives him access to all areas of our lives that need attention. So I always want to do that. Well, I have this need. I have this thing I've got to get to. Well, if you follow the Spirit of God, he knows about that. He knows what's going on. So my leading, my following his leading in life is giving him access to take care of that. I'll take care of it at a very low level if I can even do it. Or if I follow him, he takes care of it. He gets access, and it's handled very quickly and very easily. I have time. I have the energy. I have the ability to do what God leads me to do. I do not have the time to do everything else. I've I've learned this uh, in ministry that if if I do everything that everyone demands of me, I would be toast right now. I mean, many times. Sometimes I start to feel bad about it, and then I, then I shake myself and say, no, don't feel bad about it. I'm following the leadership of the Lord, and I need to answer His call. But, you know, sometimes there's demands. There's, you have to do this. You have to do, you have to do this for me. I, have to, I need this time. I know, but, you know, I'm going to be thrashed. I'm not going to be able to deliver the goods. I'm not going to be spiritually prepared. I won't have the, the wisdom of God, the direction of God when, when everyone gathers together. And so, you know, you have to learn that there needs to be preparation. Um, have you ever recognized a fruitless conversation? Meaning you're having a conversation with someone or someones, and as you're, as you're, you're a part of it, as you're listening, something on the inside of you says, this is not helpful. This is not, I mean, I'm talking if it's just blatantly wrong or evil or something, then that's obvious. Okay, yeah, you need to not go there. But sometimes it's just not fruitful. It's like, mm, you get that eh, on the inside about the conversation. And so you try to either leave it or switch it. And you try to change the conversation. And sometimes that's the right thing to do. Jesus totally changed this up on Nicodemus. You need to be born again. Well, that's not what I came to talk about. I know, but that's what the topic is. That's the spirit-led topic. 
That's the subject that we need to talk about today. This is what we need to, we need to discuss. Praise God. Look over with me at the book of Luke, Luke chapter 10. I, I can recall at different times being in meetings, uh, making decisions, and talking with leaders of the church, and we're, we're discussing plans for the future, and as we discuss them, I know on the inside, that's never going to happen. Well, we're talking about right now, I'm thinking, I don't know why, I don't know, it. I, don't, I can't figure it out in my head, I don't understand it, but what we're talking about is simply not going to happen. It's not going to go. And then, we, then we'd go a few months, and all of a sudden I'd see it. All of a sudden things would change. i go, I knew that. I just didn't, couldn't explain it, didn't know why, didn't know how, but I knew that as we were talking about it, that this wasn't going to happen. See, this is what we want. This is what you want in your life, to be able to make decisions without all the information. Yeah? I mean, I want information. Lord, show me the details. Paint a picture for me. <laughs> give, give me all. But sometimes I don't have the details. Sometimes I don't have all the information. All I have is, that's not right. All I know is the voice of my shepherd says, that's not correct. You're not to go there. You're not to do that. Or this is, this is not going to work out. And if that's all I have, what, what should we do? We should we go, we should go with that. Yeah. Well, say this to your child. Well, I can't say that. That's not going to work out. Watch, though. When he gives it to you, and he will, he'll help you if you'll look to him. He'll help you know what to do. Well, this business decision, I, I got this, ah, man, I got this problem. Listen to him. He knows the answer. And it's easy when you have the answer. It's difficult when you don't, but he has the answer, and he'll give it to you. And listen to it. Amen. You ever heard that saying? Lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. You might want to consider that when people are just demanding of you. You have to do this for me. You have to be there for me. You have to, you have to help me with this. Well, again, if it's right, then do it. If it's right, then do it. But what if your involvement in it is at the same time cutting off God's ability to get, to get involved with it? And that happens. I'll do it instead of God doing it. Hallelujah. What if people need me? Trust the Lord's leading. That'll work. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, Luke 10, verse 38, uh, it reads, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard the word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Have you ever been distracted? This, this is a big part of what we're talking about in being and making the right decision and following the Lord's direction. Distraction will come all day long to keep you from hearing right, from seeing things clearly. She was distracted with much serving, and, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. Well, uh, let, me, let me stop for a moment there. Uh, serving is obviously a good thing. That's, we would say that's biblical, right? <laughs> I mean, Jesus served. 
We are to serve. Uh, serving is a very good thing. Can you be distracted from the right thing with a good thing? Totally. Sometimes the good thing that is, you say, well, I have to serve. That's, that's just right. It's, some of these people, they never serve, and I have to serve. That's not the same as necessarily being led. Yes, it's a good thing. Yes, serving is right. But in this situation, it was getting in the way. She was distracted by it. It's a mentality. Well, this needs done. I've got to get this done. I've got to finish this. I've got to complete this task. In the middle of it, she's missing out on something of greater importance. Uh, she approached him and said, Lord, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, yeah, Mary, what is the deal? You are so inconsiderate of Martha, your, your superior sister, who has a heart to serve while you just want to sit around here. Is that what he said? He said, he said to her, Martha, Martha. <laughs> How many know if, the, if, if you hear, the Lord says your name twice? <laughs> Might not be a good thing. Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And you can picture Martha going back and forth and running in and supplying and being hospitable and serving and taking care of everything, and every time she comes in and out there, in and out of the room, she looks at Mary, and Mary's just sitting there sitting at the master's feet, hearing his word and listening, and she's getting more irritated, more irritated, more irritated. Every time, finally, she explodes, Jesus, would you just tell her to help me? And she didn't get the response that she thought was coming. Huh? And Jesus wasn't led by that need. He didn't say, oh, yeah, that, these things come first. No, there was something else that was more important in this situation. Now, Jesus wasn't anti-Martha. You read over in the book of John, chapter 11, there's Mary, Martha. Remember, there's another sibling. Anybody know his name? Lazarus. Yeah. And so Jesus was close to this family. And the Bible even says clearly that he loved Martha and Mary. And, and, and so if you love someone, do you ever tell them something different? <laughs> do you ever tell them, uh, Martha, Martha, to someone you love? Or when you love someone, do you give them everything they want? Well, if you love me, and some people will use that as manipulation, well, if you love me, you would help me in this situation. No, I'm going to be led of the Spirit because I know that's what's going to help. I'm going to do whatever's right in this situation because that's going to help. But anything I do out of my own just human emotion or your demands on me is ultimately not going to help. And so if you love someone, it's not all about, I love you, so I'm going to give in to you. Some parents do that with their kids. Their kids, they love their kids, and so they do whatever their kids tell them to do. They do whatever their kids demand of them. That is not love. Love does what's right. Love does what is going to be helpful. Love is led and puts the kingdom of God first. Hallelujah. We could probably milk that for a while, but uh, I want you to notice here again that Jesus said one thing is needed. One thing. How many know one thing is not two things or three things or four things? And this, this was her priority of hearing, hearing the word. Uh, how many know you can only do one thing at a time? 
Now, some of you might disagree with that quickly, saying, oh, I'm a multitasker. Listen, I've, I, Jesus said one thing. I've read uh, different studies that show that multitasking is literally making people stupid. People have done studies on this. that We think, I can spin all these plates and I can do all these things at once. Really, we can't. What we do is go back and forth really fast. But we can only focus on one thing. We can only literally, you might be good at going back and forth really fast, but my concern is that it, it's teaching us to, uh, to, to not be able to focus. Huh? I know, I know in, in, in flying airplanes, one of the problems that uh, pilot, newer pilots, and, people, and I have sometimes, is it's called, uh, what do they call it? Like uh, fixation. Because you've got all these instruments, uh, got, got all the gauges, got all, and, and you start staring at one, and then you forget about all the rest. Because you can only do one thing at once, and you have to practice going back and forth, and, you know, practice your scan, right? You try to do more than one thing. Uh, but if that's a challenge, that's a difficult because you want to zoom in on one thing. Uh, in life, if we're trying to do a gazillion things and trying to answer to the needs of everybody and trying to follow everyone's pressure, we're probably, you know, not helping ourselves spiritually. Can you focus? You know, with our devices and everything these days, we got the phones and everything's beeping at us and emails coming up and texts coming through. And, and every, I, I don't think that's helping us. I mean, I... I I understand I'm in this world too, and we use all these, this technology. I don't think it's helping us in our prayer time when you can't focus on God for 15 minutes without being distracted and doing something different. Have you ever seen people go to a prayer meeting, and they can't pray for more than 15 minutes before they have to open their Bible and start reading? It's like, no, that's not a Bible study meeting. That's a prayer meeting. Close that thing. <laughs> What's the problem? They can't focus. They can't say, you know, we watch movies and they're so entertaining and it's so, the, the, I mean, the production is so amazing and, and I like it too. But can you sit down for a half hour and just be quiet and just think about the things of God, just meditate on Him? So I don't think I can do that. You're going to have a difficult time being led of the Spirit and making right decisions then. See, you see how the world, is a, our society and culture is kind of against us? We have to go against the flow or we're going to fall into this trap where we're just a thousand voices, people and tasks. And I got things to do. I got this email list. I've got to get through every one of them. Do you? That's what Martha thought. I've got stuff to do. These things need done. And she wouldn't take time to sit at the master's feet and listen to his words. If we're ever going to be spiritual to any degree... This is what we need. We've got to be able to sit and focus. Some of you probably today, you're hiding it and disguising it well, but you've been communicating with people on the outside world, haven't you? Huh? Some can't listen to a short message like this without, I know I caught you and everything, whatever. <laughs> They're texting and communicating, all this stuff. That's a discipline problem. It really is. You've got to stay, be able to stay in the room. You've got to be able to stay and listen to the Spirit of God. Amen. And I know some of you, you've got your Bible on there and everything. You're taking notes. You've got devices. I'm not opposed to any of that. But I'm talking about, are we allowing ourselves to sit and to listen and to hear from God? And if we can't do that, we're going to have a difficult time being led and ultimately taking advantage 
of the wisdom of God, the voice of the Spirit, uh, that we, we absolutely need. Mary made a better choice here. Martha was caught up with stuff that needs done. You ever feel that pressure? Man, I felt that. Man, stuff needs done. And then our mentality goes to, I have to be, I have to finish this. I have to complete this task list. I have this, listen, I'm, I'm big into completing. I believe in being a finisher, not just being halfway. But there are times that needs to take second place. There are times that needs to be set aside. And before I just need to finish everything on my list, I need to prioritize. And if some things get left undone, but I was able to hear from God, here's what happens. This is when I'm giving him access to the rest of that stuff that I didn't get to anyway. But I'm leaning on my own understanding, thinking, I've got to take care of it. I've got to do it. Well, she had guests over. Who's going to take care of the guests? I don't know. Maybe another little boy will come by with fish and loaves or something. Maybe if she got out of the kitchen, just sat there and heard, maybe the grace of God would be given place and it would begin to manifest in that, in that meeting with the Lord Jesus and someone else would show up with pizzas or something and, and uh, hey, I just had these extra pizzas and anybody want them? Why couldn't it be that way or something else? Because we're leaning upon our own understanding and we set aside the priority of the things of God because we've got it figured out and we have to do this and all these tasks and burdens are leading us instead of being led by the Spirit. Amen. What if all of us were thinking this way? I tell you, in a community, a family of believers, we stop pressuring each other. We stop making demands where we're all, uh, I mean, we're here for each other. You know, you know, we're here to pray for one another. But our focus isn't on demanding that people do stuff for us. But we're all led. And we're all in the right place at the right time. And we put a draw on the Spirit of God. And yes, He'll use each other. He'll use one another to help and, and we'll help each other. But it'll be right instead of just being head, just being fleshy, just being you know, burdened by a list. Amen. And if we're all led of the Spirit, what a happy place. Man, so-and-so, they just walk up to me and I had this need. I was just talking to the Lord about it. And they walked up and handed it to me. Amen. Or all of a sudden, I'm just going through my day. All of a sudden, I start think, thinking about this particular individual. This person comes to my heart. And so I pray for them or I call them. Man, and you're led, and it's at the right time, it's at the right place. It's not a burden. I mean, God's grace is on it then. It's so much better. Amen. Oh, there's so much more to say. Let's come back next week. Let's get we hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you, and have a blessed day.